the truth is, if you continue to seek traditional treatment, bipolar is a chronic disorder that you can never heal from. Hey, welcome to the Upside of Bipolar, conversations on the road to wellness. I am so excited that you decided to join me today. We're a community learning how to live well with bipolar disorder, and we reject that the best we can expect is learning how to suffer well with it. I'm your host, Michelle Reidinger of MyUpsideOfDown.com, where I help people with bipolar disorder use the map to wellness to live healthy, balanced, productive lives. Welcome to the conversation. Hey, welcome to the Upside of Bipolar. I am your host, Michelle Reidinger, and I am flying solo today. I'm actually super excited about this because today we are talking about the question that has been going around social media lately, which is, can you heal bipolar disorder? Now, if you had asked me that question two years ago, I would have said no. When I was diagnosed with bipolar back in 1998, I had been struggling with symptoms for about two years at that point. And I... My symptoms were, uh, I was going through periods where I would stay up multiple nights in a row without any sleep. I was in college, and so I would go through periods where I was very depressed, and I didn't know that it was depression at the time. I thought it was moral failing on my part, but I would struggle with these dark periods where I would feel like I couldn't think clearly. I wouldn't go to class. I would spend all day watching television, and then I would get hypomanic now that I I know what to call it now, but at the time I was just like super energetic and I would make all these grand life plans completely different from what I had before, tell everybody about it, talking really rapidly. And, and then I would crash again and it kept happening over and over and over again. And it was getting worse. And my parents finally convinced me to go see a psychiatrist And when I saw the psychiatrist, I was ultimately diagnosed with bipolar 2 disorder. And what I was told by the doctors at that time was that bipolar was a chronic disorder, that I would need medication for the rest of my life. There was no cure for it, and it would potentially get worse. And so over the following 10 years, I proactively treated my bipolar with the medications that the doctors prescribed. I went to my doctor's appointments regularly. I took every medication that I was prescribed, and it was very discouraging because things just kept getting worse. Things weren't getting better. And I remember one time having a doctor tell me that having bipolar was like having diabetes, and the medication was like insulin. And on one level, it seemed to make sense. I thought, okay, well, that makes sense to me. But the problem for me was that if that was true, What was causing my bipolar and why did we have to keep changing medications? Because I had friends with diabetes and diabetes has a known cause. People, you know, I don't know if they know what actually causes the body to stop producing insulin or stop being able to manage its own, manage its own blood sugar. But they know that the problem is, is that the body is not able to regulate the blood sugar. And so you use insulin and Everybody who has diabetes uses insulin, and it works for everybody. It's not something where they have to kind of try out different things. And so I thought, I don't understand if if they're the same. Why do we have to keep changing medications? And why are we layering medications? At one point, I was on seven different medications, but I didn't know what else to think. I was just trying to do what the doctors were telling me because I wanted to be able to live a balanced life. I wanted to be able to have a normal life and 
be able to have a family. You know, I, I got married four years after I was diagnosed with bipolar and we had two little children and I got really sick. And in 2008, I had a breakdown and I ended up in the hospital, three different hospitals. I was in the hospital a total of like seven weeks in three different hospitals in two different states. They did electroconvulsive therapy on me. I lost a whole bunch of memory from that time. It was horrible. And I got to a point where I felt like my life had no value anymore. And they were telling me that this was a chronic disorder, that I was never going to get any better. You know, I remember one time going to a doctor in frustration saying, when am I going to get better? I just want to get better. And she said, you're never going to get better. You'll always have this disorder. We're just trying to find a medication to help you manage your symptoms. And that wasn't a very helpful message for me because I tried with medication. But in the end, I tried for 12 years and nothing ever got any better. It was horrible. I didn't like taking the medication. I hated the side effects. And so I got to a point that I, I was totally helpless and hopeless. And then in 2010, I had a friend who also had bipolar who had discovered this company out of Canada. It was a nonprofit company that had produced an alternative treatment that was three times more effective than medication. And when she first talked to me about it, I was a little bit incredulous because I had tried natural treatments before to disastrous effect. And so I didn't really have a ton of hope in this, but I was also desperate at the time. So I took the information to my doctor and he reviewed the 35 separate clinical trials that had been done on this treatment across the U.S. and Canada. And he determined that it was a viable option. He was he had been treating me for eight years at that point, and he was almost as desperate to find something to help me as I was. I'm so thankful for that doctor, by the way. <laughs> he was amazing. But that was the first step towards healing for me. I didn't know that I was going towards healing. I was just trying to find a way to live with my disorder. From 2010 until 2020, over that 10 years, I was gradually going through the process of healing. And I was just trying to figure out how to live my life. I was just trying to figure out how to, how to survive and how to be the best mom and the best wife I could. I, I wanted to, my life to have value. I wanted to be able to participate in life in a, in a more complete way. So in 2020, I had gotten to a point where I felt like I was managing my bipolar pretty well. And I had found all these tools that I felt like had really helped me and I wanted to help other people. And that's what prompted me to start my blog. In December of 2020, I started my blog, The Upside of Bipolar. And at the beginning, I just wanted to help people learn how to live well with their bipolar. I felt like I had found kind of a magic combination that had helped me to, I didn't think heal at that time. I just thought it helped me learn how to manage my bipolar better. I was still in the healing process. But then I, I became more proactive about researching, researching the tools that I was using because I wanted to provide really good information to my audience. I wanted to make sure that not only was I teaching them what I knew, but I was providing deeper insight into the, each of the tools. And as I started researching these tools, I started discovering that there was a lot of scientific studies that had been done on them that showed that they were effective in helping to heal mental illness. Not each individually, you know, all of them kind of had caveats saying this will help you, but it can't be used alone. But I realized that when I put them all together, that I was starting to get better. And I was also using a mood tracking app really consistently during this time. I had used it off and on over the years. 
but I started using it super consistently because I was telling other people to use it. And I thought, well, if I'm going to have other people use it, I need to make sure I'm using it consistently. And in 2021, 2022, I was being really consistent with tracking my moods. And I started recognizing that I wasn't experiencing mood swings anymore. And so then I started paying really close attention and I got to a point where I thought, I don't think I have symptoms anymore. And I didn't understand how that could be possible because I had been told bipolar disorder was incurable, that you can't heal from bipolar, that I would have it for the rest of my life. I believed when I started my blog that I was just trying to help people learn how to live well with their bipolar. You know, I wanted to help people live healthy, balanced, productive lives. But then I realized, I don't think that I'm experiencing symptoms anymore. So what does that mean? So I started doing more research and I found the book Anatomy of an Epidemic. And I had Robert Whitaker, the author, on my podcast, and I will link that in the show notes. It was life-changing for me to read this book. In fact, when I first read it, I was, I was kind of angry. It took me a while to get through it the first time because I kept putting it down because I was so upset. He was a journalist, an investigative journalist, who had written for pharmaceutical companies. For a long time, his job was when new drugs would come out, he would write articles about them. But he thought, I don't understand if... We've made so many advances in, in psychiatric care. Why is there an exponentially in increasing number of people becoming permanently disabled by it? That doesn't seem to correlate. If our psychiatric care was improving, wouldn't you see the number of people being disabled by it going down? But that's not what's happening. We're seeing the number of people being permanently disabled by mental illness, bipolar included, going up significantly. So he took that question and he researched. He, that was how he, he came up with the idea for this book was he just wanted to know. He, what, he had no, no preconceived ideas about it. He didn't know what he was going to find. He just wanted to research and understand. And what he discovered was, was life-changing for me. Because what he discovered is that the entire paradigm of care for mental illness and bipolar, you know, included in that, is kind of based on a faulty premise. We diagnose solely based on symptoms, and then we only treat the symptoms with medications that by their own admission are not normalizing agents. One of the things that I, that I learned in this, in this research from Robert Whitaker is that in 1996, the director of the National Institute for Mental Health, Stephen Hyman, wrote a paper about how psychiatric medication worked, and he said that it perturbed normal brain function. It is not a normalizing agent. It's an abnormalizing agent. It is not making the brain work the way it's supposed to. It is changing the way that the brain works in an abnormal way. And as I studied this, I realized the reason why bipolar has become a chronic illness that never goes away is because of the way we're treating it. And we're not treating the root cause of bipolar. If you go on the National Institute of Mental Health's website, it says, if you type in what causes bipolar disorder, it will say, we don't know what causes bipolar disorder. So I got really excited because I thought, oh my gosh, maybe I really have healed. <laughs> it, was, it was this light bulb went on for me that I don't have a chronic disorder that will never be healed. I have healed. That's why I'm not experiencing the symptoms anymore. This integrated approach that I discovered had helped heal the different aspects of my mind that were experiencing these symptoms, and I no longer experienced the symptoms. So I got really excited, and I started sharing that online with people, 
saying, I, you know, I have healed. I found the path to healing. And I was so disappointed in the response that I got from so many people, people accusing me of being dangerous, people saying that I never had bipolar in the first place. And the question I kept asking people is if, if I have been misdiagnosed with bipolar, what constitutes an accurate diagnosis? Because I met all the diagnostic criterion for bipolar 2 when I was first diagnosed with it and bipolar 1 when I experienced psychosis in 2008. I met all the criterion. I went to numerous doctors over the 12 years that I was being treated, moving from place to place and each time establishing myself with a new doctor, going in, being re-diagnosed. And the diagnosis was affirmed every time because I met all the diagnostic criterion. So how do you determine if it's an accurate diagnosis? If the diagnosis is solely based on symptoms and we don't know what causes it in the first place. We have developed a diagnosis based solely on symptoms and then we are treating the symptoms with abnormalizing agents with psychiatric medications that change the way the brain functions it doesn't make it normal. It makes it abnormal. And then when you remove these medications, that's another thing that I, that I learned from, from Robert Whitaker's book, is that when you give the brain these medications, especially antidepressants, but all of these medications, they change the way that the brain functions. And when you withdraw it, the brain goes through withdrawal symptoms. And every time I would go through withdrawal symptoms from coming off of medication, it was always attributed to my bipolar it was never considered the fault of the medication. So the truth is, if you continue to seek traditional treatment, bipolar is a chronic disorder that you can never heal from. I know that there are people out there with bipolar who find relief from taking medication. I know that that's true. But you can have a high fever and take ibuprofen and lower the fever. That doesn't mean that you're treating the underlying cause it means that you're treating the symptom and you've, you have happened to find a treatment that is going to help the symptom. But you are not treating the underlying cause. And if you continue to do that, you, yes, you will have to take medication for the rest of your life because you're not healing what's causing the symptoms in the first place. You're treating the symptoms. And the other problem is, is that these medications do damage to your mind and your body. And that's why so many people with bipolar end up with second and third diagnoses. That's pipe, you know, people end up with tardive dyskinesis. They end up with liver problems. They end up with heart problems. They end up with, you know, gaining weight and losing sexual function. There's all kinds of problems that these medications cause in our bodies. And we're not actually treating what's causing the symptoms of bipolar in the first place. So it is possible to heal if you use an integrated research-based approach to treating your bipolar that gets to the root cause of what's causing the symptoms. And my experience with it is that, number one, I needed to come up with a way to manage my mood swings in the first place. When I went through my terrible year in 2008, when I was, had my breakdown and I ended up in multiple hospitals and they did electroconvulsive therapy on me, I made a commitment that year that I was never going to give up because I made two attempts on my life. And after my third hospitalization, I was watching my little girl play with her brother she was four years old at the time, and he was two. And I had this really clear thought come into my head that if I ever successfully ended my life, that it would ruin her life. And I was shocked by that thought because I had become so thoroughly convinced by my unwell mind 
that everybody would be better off without me. And, and I honestly just wanted the suffering to end. But when I realized that I would ruin my daughter's life, I made a commitment there and then that I would never allow those thoughts to stay unchallenged again. I would never allow myself to get into a place where I would risk ending my life because I knew, even though I didn't believe my life had value, I knew my daughter's life had value. And I wanted to live for her. So for the next two years, I just suffered. It was, it was pretty rough. And I ended up back in 2010, I ended up back in the hospital again. And I thought, I have got to figure out how to manage this. I've got to figure out how to survive. I, you know, I know that the mood swings are going to happen. So how do I be more proactive in managing it so that I'm not messing everybody's lives up every time this happens? So over time, I developed something I call the Mood Cycle Survival Guide. And it was a guide, a plan that I came up with that, number one, helped me identify who could help me and what the boundaries were around that assistance so that I didn't burn bridges and, and ruin relationships constantly. Number two, it was helping me identify the mood swings early. I created what I called the early warning system that helped me to recognize early on when I was starting to experience symptoms that indicated I was becoming hypomanic or depressed so that I could start managing it sooner and minimize the impact. And then I also made sure that I identified my step three was identifying what my power priorities were. So often when I would experience mood swings, when I was, you know, manic, I would get big projects going and forget to feed myself and my kids. You know, when I was depressed, I couldn't get out of bed. And so I identified what are the things that have to happen no matter what, so that my children still get cared for, so that the basic needs still get met. And then the last step of that plan was how do I get myself back to a healthy, balanced place? And so I developed that plan for myself and I started utilizing it to make sure that when I did experience symptoms, that I was minimizing the impact on myself and my family and shortening the duration of those cycles. And then the second step was getting off of the medication and getting my brain what it actually needed to start healing. And I need to make sure that you're very clear that if you ever choose to go off medication, you need help. Do not ever go off of medication cold turkey because you will suffer consequences. The withdrawals can be horrible and sometimes life-threatening. My experience with it was working directly with True Hope. My doctor ended up deferring to them because he had no experience with cross-titration. Cross-titration is the process of coming off of meds very gradually and increasing the micronutrient dosage so that your brain heals and you minimize the impact of the withdrawals. It's still a rough process because you're withdrawing from a drug that has changed your brain chemistry. And so it's a really gradual process and it's rough. But on the other side of it is, you know, I had for me, I went through, you know, through this for several months. And then one day I woke up and it felt like it was the first time I was fully awake in over a decade. I called my husband at work because I was so excited. I'm like, oh my gosh, my brain's healed. <laughs> It wasn't actually healed all the way at that time. It, it still had a long ways to go, but it was such a dramatic difference for me that it felt like it was healed. And so over time, I gradually began to heal more and more, and my brain was getting what it needed finally to function in a healthy way. And then the third thing was learning how to use therapy in a healthy way. I, I didn't understand that therapy is a tool and that you need to learn how to use the tool prior to Gaining this insight into therapy, I was 
going when I was in crisis. You know, I'd have some kind of crisis happen in my life. I would go start seeing a therapist. And then when the crisis was over, I would stop. I didn't know what I was doing. Sometimes I had doctors say, you need to go to the therapist, you know, to gain coping skills so that you can handle the mood swings. My brain started to really heal with the micronutrients with that treatment. I started recognizing that I was triggering mood swings because I had unhealed trauma, unhealthy thought and behavior patterns, unhealthy coping mechanisms, and all of these things were triggering mood cycles in me, mood swings in me. They were triggering symptoms, and I needed to actually heal them in order to eliminate those triggers. And so I started therapy and thought I am going to keep going to therapy until there's nothing left to talk about, and I learned how to use the tool. And then the fourth thing is I learned how to practice mindfulness meditation, really learn how to use it. When I was earlier on in my, with my disorder, I had therapists teach me like little mindfulness techniques. And I thought maybe they were helpful, but I wasn't really sure what I was doing. And then I discovered the work of Dr. Mark Williams and, and uh, Danny Penman. And I had Danny Penman as a, as a guest on my podcast. I'll link that in the show notes. But they created, they've got two books out that teach through an eight-week self-guided program how to use what's called mindfulness-based cognitive therapy. They teach you the science behind why mindfulness meditation can help eliminate a lot of the symptoms of depression and anxiety. They can help heal it. And they teach you how to use it. It's, an, it's amazing. It was life-changing for me. And the other thing that was a benefit from it, not only was I, was I healing because of that, but I was also able to use my therapy more effectively because I became so much more aware of my thoughts, of triggers. So those two tools started helping, you know, working with each other and helping each other. And, and I gained more healing. And then I learned how to use yoga in an appropriate way. You know, I, I had enjoyed yoga before, but I didn't really understand it until the first time I cried doing yoga. And I'm like, what is happening to me? <laughs> and I started researching and recognizing yoga is a, a viable option for helping heal mental illness. There's aspects of your mental illness that can be healed through appropriate use of yoga. And then I learned how to use exercise in, in a healthy way. You know, I used to train for triathlons and I was inadvertently triggering hypomanic episodes every time I would train for the event. And when it was over, I would crash. You can't get on the roller coaster and jump off in the middle, I learned. And so then I learned that it was much better for me to have 30 minutes of moderate aerobic exercise a day. And that helped benefit me so much more with my mental health. And then I learned how to live mindfully. And this integrated research-based approach helped my brain heal. So the answer to the question that I asked at the beginning is yes, it is possible to heal bipolar if you treat the things that are actually causing the symptoms to occur rather than just treating the symptoms. If you change the approach to treating bipolar, if you will use an integrated scientifically based method, you can help heal your bipolar disorder. So if you're interested in learning more, make sure you check out my website, www.theupsideofbipolar.com. I've got a great free Facebook group for moms and potential moms who have bipolar and want to learn to live well with it. And you can listen to this podcast. I'm, I'm having more guests on that are talking about the different tools that, that I discovered and that will help you learn the different pieces that you need to learn 
so that you can live a healthy, balanced, productive life and heal your bipolar. Until next time, Upsiders. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you're ready to start on your path to wellness with bipolar, go to myupsideofdown.com and get your free mood cycle survival guide, four steps to successfully navigate bipolar mood swings. If you're ready for more, check out the map to wellness. Until next time, Upsiders.